We're talking about uh, Beyond These Walls. We're kind of, kind of like wrap this up this year <laughs> at some point. Um, 2017 is coming to a close and we'll jump into something new in uh, 2018. But uh, along with this uh, theme and um, Beyond These Walls, we've, we talked about being good friends, right? Being good friends, not just as the church, we should be good friends to one another, but because when we're good friends, that touches other people, right? It reaches out to the world, and other people see that. They see that by our love, you know, we're, we're Christian, and that they want to be a part of that, right? So, so we're doing all that we can to be good friends for each other, with each other, and Jesus is our best friend, and so in him, we can be better friends to the world, and, and, and the hope is that the world will come to know Christ, right? That's why we're going to be better friends, not just to be better friends. You know, nothing against each other or anything like that. But uh, we're going to be better friends because we want the world to know Christ. All right? That's what we want. We talked about um, this means war, right? As we go out into the world, as we go beyond these walls, that means that we're in a battle, right? There's a war going on in this world, and the enemy would love to take you down and to destroy your life and, 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 and destroy the life of God's people, right? That's what the devil's trying to do. And so we understand that we are at war, and by going beyond these walls, the war is waging out there, right? And it's raging. And, uh, and so we go at it with this sense of battle, right? The battle, the armor of, of God is on, right? And we walk in the armor of God primarily so we stay close to Christ, so we can fight, because the battle belongs to the Lord, right? We know that the battle is his. And so the closer I can stay to him, the more victory we have, right? Get outside of him, get away from him, and, and we're in trouble. We're, 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 we're in need, away from him. But in him, the battle is his. Well, I'll be fine. And so we're now talking about this idea of being blessed, okay? Being blessed, and, and the blessing is not in what we have. The blessing is in who we know, right? The blessing is that we know Jesus. And because we know Jesus, we are so blessed. I mean, we're blessed beyond this earth. Not with the stuff we have, you know, not with who we are. Uh, you know, none of that matters. We are blessed because of who we know and who has come for us. And we can connect our life to him. And because of that, we're blessed. And so we're talking about all these different gifts that we have because we're blessed, that God gives us these different gifts. And we talked about the gift of joy, right? That's a great gift. You can't get that in a box under a tree. You know, you can maybe get temporary happiness and, and wahoo and yeehaw and, and some of that for a short time. You know, your kids might get a little excited, you know, when they get some gifts and they're gonna. But you and I know those don't last long. Right? They end up at the dump or Goodwill or in the trash can. Right? Those don't last. Right? So the true joy comes in the gift from God, that he gives us joy within our hearts. And that's why we're blessed. Because deep within, no matter what happens on the earth, we know we have God in our life and the security that that brings and the victory that we know brings joy. Joy that cannot be taken away. It doesn't run out, won't grow old. It doesn't rot or get old. 
We also know we have hope, right? The gift of hope. We talked about that last week. The gift of hope, which is a gift that God gives to us, and that's purpose, and that's future, and that's that we know that when heaven and earth pass away, Jesus and his word and anything connected to him will last forever. And so that's our hope. That's what we place all of our hope on and we hold on to that. And that's a hope that you can't buy, you can't get anywhere, you can't go to Walmart or get it on Amazon. This is a hope that only comes from God. And when we grab onto him, we grab onto his hope and, that, and we're blessed because of that. There's nothing greater than that. I mean, then the gifts that God gives us, that's why we're blessed. No other reason. Okay, no other reason. Today we're going to unpackage another gift, okay? So we got our gift over here. And I know you're all excited about what it might be today. I know, whoop, whoop. And so this, this blessing comes from above, and this is a huge, this is a huge gift. I mean, this is a gift that's like, like some of these other gifts, like joy is just kind of specific. It's, it's something that, that we know in Christ. We, we're, we're excited about who we are in him, and we celebrate that. Uh, but this, this gift that God gives to us is like so big. It like covers so much. And um, when it comes out of here, you're going to just be like, whoa, that's pretty cool. It's like 4th of July right here. And here it comes. There it is. The gift of grace. The gift of grace. We just sang about grace. Kind of gave it away. But um, that's how it works, right? Dan, uh, Dan even talked about grace a little bit. I appreciate, Dan, when you're talking about the, um, the church, it's not the building, right? It's us. And uh, something else you alluded to was communion. It's not about the table. We say table, but we don't mean table. We mean Jesus, right? We don't need this table. This table isn't sacred. Jesus is sacred, right? We remember Jesus. Okay, it has nothing to do with the building. It has nothing to do with the furniture, has everything to do with Jesus. The church, communion, it's about Jesus. Right? That's what it's about. And we're blessed because of that. And so grace is huge. Grace is so big. It's, it's like this incredible power of God that he pours out on us that, that the gift of grace just blesses us. Right? It, it, we are blessed because of grace. Um, and how awesome is that? It's not, not in a worldly way, right, that we're blessed. It's not, it's not in, uh, you know, physical things of the earth, but it's very heavenly. It's very kingdom-oriented that we are blessed with grace and joy and hope and all these things. And, and, and when we live, when we're trying to live this G24 life, which is appreciating that God has given you 24 hours today to live, it's a gift Right? You have the gift of 24 hours. And you get to decide. We all get to decide, how am I going to use this gift? How am I going to use it for God? Or how, where is God going to be in this 24-hour period of my life? Am I going to leave him out? Am I going to bring him in and let him be like a part of it? Am I going to give him thanks for it? Am I going to see it as just another day? Or am I going to see it as a blessing and a gift from God? Today, God has gifted me with another day. How awesome. When we live like that, when we live like as if each day is a gift from God, we, we begin to squeeze the most out of every day. We begin to live our lives in a way that we didn't live before. We see 
everything that God does in that 24-hour period as part of his plan for our life. And that's a purpose life, right? That's a life that has a purpose behind it. That we understand that God is the giver and we are the ones he's blessed. And now we want to live it for him. So we want to give that back to him. And this gift today that we're talking about grace is so amazing. It's, it's truly is amazing grace. Joy is so awesome and hope is incredible. But grace, this grace is unimaginable. It's humongous. It's immovable. It's unending. It's simply overwhelming. God's grace. I mean, we can't even begin to define it. It's so big and it's so encompassing. It's been described a lot of ways. You may just have your way of telling people what you call grace or how you define grace, but it's been defined in a few different ways like this. Uh, it does, grace does what you cannot do. It's been defined like this. Grace is undeserved favor, right? You don't deserve it, but you get it. It's been defined as that is when you get what you don't deserve, right? Or you don't get what you do deserve. That's grace, right? The power and the truth about grace is so big. It's so overarching. It's like this humongous canopy of God that just floods our lives. It floods the human life. And it completely, like, envelops us. It's huge. This topic of grace, the power of grace, the truth about grace from God to you, you know, to us as people. It's, it's so big and it's, it's so like just covers us. You know, it's like the, the, the rush or the falls of, of Niagara Falls just rushing over you in grace. God just smothers us in his grace. And when we're in him, we are truly covered in his grace, completely. I mean, that's where we want to be, right? I mean, I don't want to live a day outside of there. His grace, right? The grace of God covering my life, right? I don't want to wander from that, right? I don't want to move outside of that. I don't want to get distracted by anything that might pull me out of that covering of his grace, because in his grace, he completely understands me, right? He understands who I am and how I tick and what I do and what I should do and what I shouldn't do and why I did what I just did. He, he knows all of it, and he still just loves me. And that's his grace just being poured out for me, and I don't want to move outside of that, you know? I don't want to live outside of that. What is grace? Grace is God taking care of your greatest need. That's what grace is. It's God taking care of your greatest need. And what's your greatest need? See, I, I'm not even sure we realize what, what our greatest need is. You know what I mean? I think sometimes we think our greatest need is, is you know, some, some thing that we need on the planet. You know, like a home or a family or kids. Or we, we think we need things. We think we need some of the stuff on the earth. We think that's our biggest need. We don't even really know what we need because we live in this kind of caught up state, I think, you know, that we, we are caught up in life. 
We, we get busy with life. We get busy with what we have to do with our jobs, with our kids. We get caught up in the things of this world and the things of our life, which is totally normal because we are human. And we think what we need are things like health care and, and retirement and money and homes and, and stuff like that. We think those things are our greatest need. Do we need those things? Somewhere in there we do. But they are not our greatest need, right? They are not our greatest need. And so Romans chapter 5, look what Paul says in the book of Romans chapter 5, verse 15, this is what he says. He says, but the gift, check this out, but the gift is not like the trespass. This is so cool. He's talking about two different things. One's the trespass, one is the gift. He says, but the gift is not like, it's nothing like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of one man, and so we understand that this trespass that he's talking about is sin. And through Adam and through Eve, sin entered the world, and we have all sinned. And so through sin or through the trespass, all die because of our sin. Then he says, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to many? So we've got the trespass, which is sin, which we're all guilty of, that has cut us off from God, and all have sinned, and that's a lot of sin. That's huge. And then he says, but how much more? How much more is God's grace over all that sin? God's grace trumps the trespass. Jesus canceled out the sin of Adam and all sin following Adam. And through Jesus Christ, grace has come. And the gift that came is greater than the trespass. Our biggest need is not a new car. Our biggest need is not the iPhone 10. It is not world peace, and it isn't a cure for a disease. Our greatest need is to be made right with God. Our greatest need is to be made right with the creator of the universe. See, that's our greatest need. Everything else is, is, is way below that. Our greatest need is to be made right with the one who made us. And what's in the way of that? The trespass. Sin is in the way of being made right with God, right? Sin. When you can't talk about, we can't talk about grace without talking about sin. Right? Because sin is the thing that keeps us out of the presence of God, and grace is the gift of God that brings us back into the presence of God. How awesome is that? That God has taken care of our greatest need. In our best attempt, you and I have come up short, right? Our sin has separated us from God because He's holy, and He's pure, and He's right, and He's true. And our sin has brought us out of His presence, and only only, our only option is to face our sin head on, right? That's our only option. In light of grace and in light of sin, our only option is to like face it head on, not deny it, not ignore it, not put it off, because this sin will destroy your life. It'll destroy our life and lead us straight to hell with it. That's what sin will do to a human being. It will lead us straight to hell. Okay? It will destroy you. 
And the only option we have is to face it head on. You must come clean. We must all just come clean with God about our sin. Okay? If we want grace to cover us, we must come clean with God. First John, John talks about this whole topic of grace and sin and how it all fits together in our life. And in 1 John chapter 1, verse 8, check out what John says. He says this, If we claim to be without sin, and I don't know that there's too many people that do that, you know, claim to be without sin. I don't think people realize that they have sinned against God. You know what I mean? I think we know that we have wronged people, we have wronged our friends and our neighbors and our brothers and our sisters, but, I, but to, to, to admit that we have wronged God, I, I don't think most people will admit that unless they really understand what the Scripture teaches. So John says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. What is John saying? He's saying, come clean. He's saying, you've sinned. Admit it, right? Then come clean. Verse 9, if we confess our sin, God is faithful and God is just, and he will forgive us our sins, and he will take care of our sins, right? He'll purify us from all unrighteousness. This is John writing, and he's simply saying, when in light of what grace is, is this. It's God showing us his mercy, God showing us his love, God creating, God providing, God coming for us in the form of Jesus. Grace is God forgiving you of your sin. But look what he says. He says this about grace and coming into grace. We all know grace is free. We didn't do anything to deserve God pouring out his grace. That's the free gift of God. But us coming into grace requires our response to God. And look what John says about our response to God. How do we come into this grace? Here's how you do it. He says it. It's very clear. He says, he says number one, you admit your sin. You admit your sin. Two things you should do, three things God does, he says in these verses. You admit your sin. You just face it. Come clean with God. That's how grace pours out on you. You come clean with God. You just tell him. You confess your sin. You confess your sin. You just speak that to God. You just talk to God. You don't need a priest. You don't need me. You don't need anyone else. You just need to come clean with God. You and him. That's what you do. That's what John said. Come clean with God. And then look what he says God will do. God is faithful. How is God going to look at you? He's going to look at you in his own faithfulness, his own character, right? He is the creator. He's the owner. He's the all authority. He's going to look at you in his faithfulness. And according to his word, because you are coming clean with him, he is going to forgive you because he said he would. And he's true to his word. So he is faithful. He will forgive you, John says. Your offenses against him will be forgiven, right? That's what God will do. He forgives you. Remember David said back in the Psalms, against you and you only have I sinned. We might wrong other people, but our greatest offense is against God, right? That we have offended God. We have sinned against God. We have rebelled against God. And, and John also says, not only is he faithful and will he forgive you, but he will pur uh, purify you. John says he will purify you. 
right? That means deep within your soul, this deep cleansing that God and only God can do in your soul, God will do. He will remove the sin in your heart. Other people might forgive you for wronging them, but they don't really get over it. They don't forget it, right? You know that, because the next time you do something wrong, they bring it up, right? Amen? You've probably done that to your friends, too. So we're all guilty of that, right? We, we, we as people have a hard time, but God isn't like us. God is able to deeply within us purify us and cleanse us from those sins. Not just like overlooking our sin or forget about it, that kind of thing. He goes deep within your heart and your soul, and the sin and the shame and the guilt is removed. I mean, God, my phone going off. Sorry. Sorry about that. It's probably my wife calling me or something. He removes deep within us that sin and that shame and that gal. It's a deep cleansing God does. Micah said this, he will cast your sin into the depths of the sea. Right? The Hebrew writer said, for I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. As far as the east is from the west, God has removed our sin. See, that is really good news, isn't it? I mean, that's really good news for us as a, as a, as a person, just as an individual. No matter, doesn't matter about anyone else on the planet. As an individual, me and God, God promises me that if I will come to him and, and admit my sin to him and come clean with him, that he will deal with me in this way. He'll, he'll be faithful to me. He'll forgive me. He'll purify me. And deep within my heart, I can be right with him again doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. I can be right with God, and he's my maker, and he's the only one I need to be right with. If I'm right with him, everything else is going to be right. It'll be right what it needs to be, right? John says, you admit your sin. You confess your sin. Psalm 32, verse 5 says this, Then I acknowledged my sin to you. I did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. The psalmist says, I will just come clean to you, God. And the verse ends like this, and you forgave the guilt of my sin.